Hello everyone, we hope you're having a great day. My name is Bobby Katagola, and I am joined by my co-host and friend, Parsha Kasuri. Welcome back to our podcast, Growth Spurt, the best podcast you'll find on the internet about everything and anything, from public policy all the way to cellular physiology. So Harsha, who do we have on today's episode? Well, today we have the privilege of talking to Kamar Skeet. And despite his young age, he's not only a work, world-class mentor, but also a content creator and the founder of the Canary Foundation. Yeah, and I'm sure his story is sure to inspire our listeners. So, uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your story and how all of this started? Um, well, how everything started. Um. I used to be really into video games. I used to get into a lot of trouble when I was a kid. So my mom decided that she wanted to get me in sports. We played a bunch of different sports. I was okay at all of them, but stuff just kept happening. And then one day she found an ad on Craigslist and she needed me to go to a summer camp. She's like, all right, this is what you're going to do. And so I went with my, with my two close friends growing up and we kind of stuck with it. One thing led to another. Yeah, um, I know that you're pretty prominent in the fencing world now, but one thing that intrigued me is I know that a lot of people uh, your age go to college for fencing, and it didn't seem like you did that. Why did you choose not to go the traditional route of being recruited and then going to college for fencing? So I ended up going now, but I took about two years off, and I took two years off because I realized well, firstly, I was like, I'm good enough to get recruited whenever I really want to go to college. Like, I, I, there's no real time, uh, there's no real timeline I have to follow because if I graduate when I'm 23 versus 25, like I didn't lose anything. And I had opportunities that I had to take advantage of at the time. So it didn't make sense to pass up on the opportunities for what because everything I wanted was still there if I delayed it like I had no real reason to have to rush to the finish line if that makes sense like a lot of people are too caught in with this with this type of rat race of trying to grow up super fast and yeah maturing is important but life moves at your own pace you don't have to live at anybody else's pace yeah, that's really great. I mean, I think one thing that we try and advocate on our podcast is like pursuing your passions regardless of what other people say. And that's why we think your experience with fencing and pursuing your passion is really, really cool. Um, so I think it'd be really inspiring for us and our listeners um, if you could tell us a little bit about how you managed to find fencing and how you sort of uh, manage a nonprofit at the same time and like how you found your calling for the two of those things. So fencing... I just found in an ad one day, my mom wanted me to, my mom didn't want me. She told me I was going to go do something because I couldn't be around the house all day just playing video games and getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. So we went to practice and one thing led to another and well, now we're here. Um, as far as managing the nonprofit goes, so growing up, there is my old best friend. His name's Axel. He's, he passed not too long ago. And he was having a lot of, it's all right, it happens. He was having a lot of trouble, like, finding, like, housing and support for when he was in California. Because he ended up having to move to California for his problems and things like that. And he ended up having a lot of housing issues. So the one thing that I kind of took it upon myself to do was help create a foundation that provides kind of like a net over 
people's heads who are already at their worst because it's not easy being homeless. You, know, you have a million and one different things you have to worry about. So if there's any way to alleviate the stress and suffering that that person's feeling, we try to sub in, whether it's ha- organized days where we give the people haircuts, whether it's we pass out supplies, whether it's we try to establish meaningful connections with different people in the community. Like for instance, last Thanksgiving, we like I did it on behalf of my company. I walked around and kind of sat, ate with people, talked, got to got to make people feel like they're people, if that makes sense. Because the yeah. hardest part about homelessness that I've heard isn't the physical effects; it's the dehumanization you get. People look at you like you're less than a person because you're down on your luck and most people frankly are closer to homelessness than they think they're a car accident and two bad months away from homelessness half the time so that's why i started it yeah i think that's really um inspirational and i feel like that's a really good driving force because what you said about dehumanization is true because I think most people in that group mentality, like in New York, I was watching this one instance where there's a homeless person just standing there asking for help and people went by and even the people who looked at him, they didn't react because I think it's just an assumption that, oh, I can just put the responsibility on the next person or exactly given money. So taking initiative for something like that is a really good thing to do. Yeah, I think especially nobody wants to be. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead go ahead yeah oh i was just saying like nobody wanted to everybody passes it off to somebody else but mm-hmm. if you're in a circle of 10 people and everybody's like i thought you were going to do it i thought you were going to do it nobody ever does it so i was like you know what let's be the one to actually do it yeah um i think like especially in our society today like we have a lot of young people that are like obsessed with becoming like a doctor becoming an engineer or something big like that but i think it's really great that you're taking the time to really organize like a nonprofit and give back to the community because i feel like that's equally as important and maybe even more important than becoming something like a doctor because um i guess sort of like the premise for both professions is pretty much the same right like you're giving back to your community and you're helping them out um so i think if our listeners are really interested in helping people out uh, maybe organize a nonprofit because that could be something that could benefit a lot of people yeah yeah there's more than one way to help and some people need help now mm-hmm. and we yeah. can give them help now if i wanted to be a doctor i would have to before i could genuinely provide assistance to people i have to wait four eight ten years right mm-hmm. there's people out there like there's people there now that need dire help now there's people out here starving now like yeah, it's just when you want to start and how and the impact you want to make. Because the end goal of my organization is to help build halfway houses in low, help build communities of halfway houses, to help transition families with children so that they have stable residences, so that they can apply for jobs, so that they can apply for healthcare, so they can kind of apply for a lot of the, so they can apply for a lot of things that you can only if you have a house like for instance if you need a job like if you like to get a house no to get a job you need a house you need a residence so that they can send your check there to apply for bank cards you need a house if you want to apply for a credit card you need an address like if you want to vote you need a driver's license you need an address like it, it, it creates this situation of you need an access and you can't get one because you're too busy surviving already mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah. This is my personal, yeah? No, um, you go ahead, go ahead. And it's different everywhere, especially like in places with brutal winter, like New York, like the whole New England area, I found it incredibly important, incredibly important, incredibly important, like in general, to not only help people, but educate other people about the struggle that homeless people face, especially during the winter. A lot of people like to go thrifting. That's cool. But in the winter, don't go thrifting because, well, how are people going to afford the coats? Not everybody can afford a $200 jacket. Things like that. Like passing a lot of education and educating people and educating one group and providing assistance to the other group. That way we can create kind of like a web. We can kind of connect the dot. We can have, we can help people connect the dots so that we don't always have to be the only ones helping. Yeah. I mean, just like going off what we were saying, like I've talked to a homeless person before through the internet and it's almost like it's a cycle where things go good, but then things don't based off like circumstances out of their control and i think one of the main problems that that comes from is not having a stable place that they can stay in yeah yeah you're completely at risk of well everything when you don't have a stable residence which makes getting on your feet even harder god forbid you have kids you have kids and stuff of this nature it becomes like borderline impossible then yeah. yeah i think that sort of ties into like the importance of having like a really strong support system right like you need people around there to sort of i guess lift you up and provide you with the resources um so that you could eventually achieve your goal um i think it'd be really cool if you could maybe talk about the support system that you had uh for achieving your accomplishments in fencing and organizing this nonprofit, like was there like a specific like group of people or like an individual that you felt inspired by or that motivated you to keep pushing harder? Well, yeah, there's a few actually. So obviously my mom, my mom's always helping me out. Uh, Jack Price. So my friend Jack Price actually helped me find it and everything. Jack has been my best, like a best friend of mine for years. So he was somebody who was really important in the process of helping me like get everything ready how to write financial statements how do i structure this website this that and the third um hudson santana we so another fencer puerto rican athlete um went to the youth olympic games great man uh, i've known him for years also we were living together at the time during covid and we were talking about like hey i want to do this and so he's a he comes from a finance background he was explaining to me like yeah this is what you need. This is how you need to file your taxes. This, that, third, really. Um, there's been countless people from my other friend group, uh, my other friends, Jordan, Monica, Grant, really helped, really just helped me in general because it was a hard time when the pandemic started, given the fact that competition just ended. I couldn't go to the world championships. So we were all just kind of like, everything was up in the air. They were my they were my friends that kind of helped at the time as well. There's and my practice the people I would practice with, obviously they would help, but they more so helped me on the fencing aspect, like remind held me accountable for all of the things that I would do. So like my old team, Raymond, Christopher, Alexis, RJ, all of them. Yeah. My coach. So there's been a lot of people I have to thank. 
Yeah, definitely. I don't think we realize how blessed we are with the people around us that support us. And I think giving some sort of support system to people who may not be lucky enough to have it is one of the best things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I try to build a house without walls. You can't really mm-hmm. grow without a support system. Yeah. A tree has roots. Yeah. So I kind of, we want, kind of want to switch gears. And one thing that I'm really interested about is how you shifted. Cause I saw on your Instagram that you did like a partnership with Gucci and you kind of shifted into like a content creator. So how did that happen? And like, what were the first like building blocks that you used to become like that? Oh Lord. Uh, okay. So it happened by chance really. So at the time I was in the, I was in my apartment, COVID was happening and my friend Monica brought her, her friend over and he ended up being a PR manager and one thing led to another. He took, I joined his PR team and we just started growing from there. And so content creating, how to get into professional spaces as a content creator how to take your accomplishments and push them forward. Like how to become, how to, I think the pro, he taught, he explained the age old problem that fencers have is fencers are world-class athletes, professional athletes, athletes that are performing at an amazing level internationally that get no recognition or none of the support. So it was kind of about highlighting your own success and how to do that basically yeah um i think it's really great that you've actually been able to do that because um your significant following like it it just it's just like a testament to how much like i guess like fencing can really attract i mean i think it was like the same thing with boxing a couple years ago like now we have like the logan paul the ksi jake call yeah um i think he's fighting this weekend actually um they've been able to turn boxing into this sort of like world famous sporting event and I'm pretty sure that fencing within the next couple of years will be able to do the same thing too. Once we have content creators like yourself um, and maybe other like YouTubers and TikTokers sort of like involving themselves uh, with the event. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of recognition that's going to come to fencing soon. Yeah. I do too, especially with the diversity of the sport mm-hmm. that that's starting to come about. Like people like Daryl, Khalil, you had Ibtihaj, you had... Kamali Thompson, like a lot of big yeah. names who are performing really well. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's see, honestly. It'll be pretty interesting to see how the next Olympics go because qualification got really weird because of COVID. Yeah. So um, on our podcast, we sort of talk about, um, I guess, more like academic career paths. Um, but we're also trying to shift towards more, I guess, um, we're trying to focus on other career paths that our community could also learn about because um, we think it's really important that everyone learns about all of the different options that they have. Um, so I guess like what sort of like some pieces of advice that you have uh, for people trying to find like their purpose or like their calling uh, for like their career? Learn how to fail. Mm. Learn how to fail because everybody will fail at some point in time, whether it's now, whether it's 40 years from now. If you learn how to accept failure on the chin and keep it moving, your your rate of success is going to be much higher. Success inherently has some degree of luck involved. However, if you learn to stick out tough times and take failure, then it becomes a lot easier to better yourself. If you learn to take failure and learn from it and not take failure and get defeated from it. 
<laughs> learning is learning is made when you people win and you're like, yeah, I won. You're like, cool. Everybody wins and a lot of people forget how they win or a lot of people forget why they win. I can speak for myself, right? I've won. I don't even know at this point, but I've won a decent amount of things. Most of my, most of my, most of, most of my learning has been those really close losses, those really hard losses, moments that you lost when you didn't want to lose is when most of the learning is doing. Next, don't give up on yourself. A lot of people feel like if something doesn't work when you want it to work, then it's like, oh, it's a lost cause. Changing gears is fine, but don't give up on yourself. You have to be dedicated to yourself the most. And don't be afraid to change. Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, at least in my personal experience, every time you fail, you're still like going in the correct direction. And each time you push towards that direction, it's inevitable that I don't think that, I think there's a quote that I really like. It's, Um, even mountains can be destroyed through pure human persistence. And I think just accepting failure and keeping to keep going is one of the best ways to ensure success. Yeah. And the most important one I learned over this last year is if you're dedicated to yourself, everything will fall in place, how everything will fall in place one way or another. So like, for instance, I couldn't find a coach for a while between like injury hurting my hand, hurting, tearing my Achilles recently to just general fencing nonsense. I, um, I couldn't find a coach. And, but the number one thing that I learned was I ended up finding, uh, and moving and things of that nature. I ended up finding a coach that I could work with in New York after like 14 months. And when I sat down and they kind of explained my situation, I was like, all right, I'm ready to work. I was kind of, I was all right. Like I wasn't the best. There's still a lot of work to do, but for not having competed in 14 months, I wasn't too mad. And the reason is, well, if you're dedicated to yourself, you can make up a lot of the difference that you can make, you can push yourself further than you would imagine. Like with being dedicated to yourself, whether it's waking up early to practice, whether it's staying an hour later to practice, whether it's going to practice in general, whatever it takes you to go that extra mile, the extra mile will eventually, one extra mile, two extra miles, three extra miles adds up in the end. If you go the extra mile every day and it's in a year, that's 364 or five miles, right? Like if you go the extra mile every week in a year, that's 52 extra miles. Like you have to, the little things add up. Consistency really does make a difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, going off what you said, I think that there, I, want to ask you about how your injury affected you personally and how you're able to bounce back because I feel like injuries are something that's really debilitating for an athlete and learning how to accept them and move on is something that's really important. Well, frankly, I've been taking hits on the chin my whole life. Uh, It's something I learned early on. You're going to get hit on the chin and you keep going. The only thing to let you stop needs to be you. Not a circumstance, not a change everything begins and will end with you and when you keep that mentality things become a lot easier to manage like an injury is like oh all right whatever like oh all right whatever market sucks what do i need to do now this notion of keep moving forward keep moving forward until you're ready to stop 
not until something makes you stop not until somebody says stop when you're ready to stop Mm -hmm. yeah that's something that we talk about a lot on our podcast like i think a lot of the times in all of our schools probably like we've seen that one kid that gets like a bad grade on a test or like gets like yelled at by a teacher and they really take it to heart um and they sort of like let that setback like stop them from growing um, and that's sort of why our podcast is called Growth Spurt, because we try to um, advocate that growth mindset so that people like keep pushing through and like uh, keep pushing their boundaries um, so that they can reach like their full potential. But yeah, thank you so much for that advice, Kamar. Um, no I think everything that you've talked about has been really helpful. And I'm sure that all of our listeners have learned a lot from your advice, uh, because I know that me and Harsha, we definitely have. So, um, do you have any other Appreciate last it. words or questions um, for us or for um, our listeners? The last thing I could kind of say, sorry, the last thing I can kind of say for, like, as a fact also is if a, branching off the straight and narrow into your own path inherently means you're accepting risk, right? Yeah. And something else about life is you have time time is your friend so if you want to try something try it like you like genuinely don't limit yourself to one road that somebody walked or somebody that somebody walked a while ago and told you you need to walk because it might not be for you you might not like where it goes you might not like the walkway but acknowledge if you do change you're gonna have to pioneer your own way you're not gonna have really very many people you can ask like hey what should i do which means inherently you're going to have to trust yourself. You're going to have to learn to believe and trust in yourself. Because if you walk down, the, if you try to make your own path without, without having faith and confidence in your own ability, looking to ask other people, that's not, that's, that's trying to, that's trying to do two things at once. You're either going to follow somebody else's path or make your own and do your own. And you can always consult people. You can always ask people. You can always mold it after people. But like I said, it began when you tried to take it. It began with you when you took the step off the path. And it will end with you when you inevitably end up where you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, awesome. Thank you so much, Kamar. Um, no if, you, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, comment on our posts, and share this podcast with your friends. We'll see you guys again next week. Bye.